All right. So for our next topic that we're going to work with today, we're going to talk a little bit about money. But before we get into money, I want to discuss something that everyone should be intimately aware of. And that is that your lawyers and your law institute as a whole has a dictionary that everyone should go purchase or at least download off the internet in a PDF form, which is what we've done here today. But you should go get a copy of it. It really doesn't matter which version of it you get. Um, it's up to the 11th version. It's called the Black's Law Dictionary. But it is something that you absolutely should be intimately aware of when you're, if you have any situation where you might go to court or you're in court or you're having to deal with an attorney in any shape or form. The reason is because attorneys and the judicial system as a whole is not an honest industry. They actually have, they use words that you and I think we understand the meaning of, but in reality, they, when they say that word, they're actually talking or doing something completely different than what we think they are. And so as an example, I've chosen the word person, but it really doesn't matter what words you pick. It's also worth noting that the only words you're going to find inside of a Black's Law Dictionary are words that lawyers use that sometimes and a lot of times have multiple meanings. And so you have to understand when a, when a lawyer, for example, says person, the person did something, they may not be talking about you. They may be talking about a completely different thing. So in general usage, a human being is what a person is. And, and the Black's Law Dictionary agrees. And it says a natural person as an example. However, in statute, the term may include a firm, a labor organization, partnership, associations, corporations, legal representative, trustees, trustees uh, in bankruptcy, receivers, and on and on and on and on. So what that means is that when you and I hear the word person and we think that we understand what something is saying, we actually have to go look up each individual word that they're using in whatever that statute is or whatever that uh, law is that we're reading in order to make sure that we fully understand what they're talking about. Now, I'm going to even go farther with this, that you can go look up all of these things and you can still not have any idea what they're talking about when they write a law or when they're writing a statute or a code. Now, the problem comes in that the entire judicial system, the entire law system is all, at least at the federal level, is all designed to confuse you. That's why they have all the UCC codes, and that's why all the UCC codes link from one code to another code to another code to another code to try to keep you as confused as possible when you're trying to read it. So only attorneys are, are privy to all this information and, and understand, and they don't even understand it. They're, the, it's, it's like a, a, a course in doublespeak. So the point here is that you have to know that there's a Black's Law Dictionary, know that there's a dictionary special for attorneys to be able to look up words, and you also need to go and look up those words to understand what it is that's being said. So as an example, one of the things that we have to deal with on a daily basis is money. And so every one of you are sitting out there and you have dollar bills in your pocket, um, you have dollar bills in your bank account, and you think that you have money. 
And so what we're going to talk about today is what exactly is money. Now, I want to start this by giving you an example. If I were to go and I hire a lawn service and they come in and I tell them, you know, we, we contract with each other and we agree that I'm going to pay them $100 for them to cut my lawn. And so they come out, they bring out their equipment, they cut my lawn and I, they come to me to get paid. At the time that they get ready to get paid, I tell them, look, guys, I don't really have $100, but what I will do is I will give you an IOU, and I would like for you to hold on to this IOU for two weeks, and then you can come back to me, and I will give you the $100. And they're like, okay, we'll, we'll settle for that. That's fine. So they take my IOU, and they go off to the grocery store, and they need to buy some, some food for dinner. So they walk in and they tell the, the clerk at the, at the grocery center and they say, hey, look, I don't have any money, but I have this IOU from Glenn. If you take it to him in two weeks, he'll give you the money. So the clerk says, okay, that's, that's cool. And so we get our groceries and we go home, have our dinner. Two weeks later, the clerk takes the IOU and he comes over to me and he says, hey, I got this from the lawn cutting guys and they told me that if I come over here, you'll give me my money. And I, so I say, hey, no problem. So I take his IOU, I walk inside, I write out another IOU and I bring it back out to him and I say, hey, you know, I still don't have $100, but here's another IOU. If you'll come back in two weeks, I'll give you your money. Now, the first question is, does the IOU or is the IOU money? And the obvious answer to that is no, it's, it is not money because if it were money, then no one would be having to come back to try to exchange it for anything because it would be something. It would have value. And so that IOU that I just went inside and wrote up or printed on my printer is nothing more than a free piece of paper that I used that got me my lawn cut. And now all the people in the society are running around with my IOU thinking that it actually has value because they can eventually bring it back to me and collect money. Now, in the very beginning we and and I guess I should stop here for just a second and explain something else that very few people are aware of. The Federal Reserve is the company that is responsible for giving us our money. Now, the Federal Reserve, with what ninety nine percent of the people that I talk to on the street do not have any idea that the Federal Reserve is actually not part of our federal government. They have nothing to do with it. They are literally a private company that has a bunch of printers. They, they have the ability to print money and make it look good and, and make it be you know where you can't counterfeit it very easily. So the Federal Reserve is nothing but a company and they literally don't have any resources or at least they don't have to have any resources because all they're doing is printing these free paper dollars. I mean, obviously they cost some, but they don't have any intrinsic value of their own. So they in and of themselves are not money. Now, what used to happen before the Federal Reserve got set up is we had banks 
But what the banks would do is that gold was too heavy for me to carry around with me all the time. If I wanted to buy a house, I'm not going to get a whole bunch of gold and, you know, drive it out to the countryside to give somebody to take home with them. I, what, what would happen is we would take the gold to the bank. The bank would hold our gold and they would give us a certificate representing the, the shares of gold that I had in the bank. And those certificates, the pieces of paper, they weren't worth anything. But when you brought them back to the bank to trade them in for the gold, they had the value of money. So they represented the money. They weren't the money, but they represented the money that was being held in the bank. Now, when the Federal Reserve came about, that is kind of the system that we had. Now, they... they I don't know that they were ever 100%. I think they were in the very beginning. They were 100% uh, the, the representing the gold. But as time went on, that got less and less and less. And in 1976, I think it was, somewhere around in there, the president of the United States did an executive order saying that we were no longer going to support gold at all, which means that the money, the, the, the bank notes that were being handed out that used to say that you could bring them to the bank and, and exchange them for, for the gold, that, that was removed. And at that point, if you look at the top of any money that you have, it says Federal Reserve note on the top of it. What that represents is a debt. The, the government owes you money. So at that point, you can think of yourself as the creditor and the government, the federal, the federal government is the, the person that's supposed to be giving you the money at some point, but they never do. They just walk inside, print some more money and hand you some more money. So in every respect, the dollar bills that we carry around in our pocket and that we have deposited in the bank are actually not money. They have nothing to do with money. So when, so the question from the original, my original example was, did anybody in the example from the lawn care guy to the grocery store, did anybody actually get paid for their services or for their products, their inventory? And the answer is no. There, nobody got paid because there was an IOU that anybody could write up that they were all carrying around as if they were going to get paid one day, but they never got paid. And as a result, no one had any money. It was just a bunch of IOUs running around in the city. And the Federal Reserve notes that we all carry in our pockets are, are exactly the same thing. They have absolutely no value because one, the bank never told you that they were going to give you any gold when you took that note. And there is no gold backing that note any longer. So that, that note represents nothing but pure debt. And so what you're doing when you exchange these dollar bills, these debt notes back and forth, is you're essentially writing off debt from each other. So when I gave you my debt notes that I got from someone else, I have written off my debt, your debt to me. I've, I mean, my debt to you, I've written it off and given you the debt from the person that had given me the, the debt notes. And so none of us technically pay for anything at all in this current system. Everything that you buy, that you say you buy, you're actually just exchanging debt between one person and another in order for you to gain an asset. So another way to think about this is the bank. When you go to a bank to get a loan and they give you 
say $100,000 to buy a house or uh, if they, in these times $100,000 to buy a car, um, when they give you that $100,000, they, they do not have $100,000. They don't have any assets to swap for the house that you're actually buying. So what they do is they take your asset, your property, they put a lien on it, they own, they hold the title on that property, and then once they have that, that real property, they then create money out of nowhere. They just go back to the back and print it out for all practical purposes, and they hand you a check or cash, whatever it is that you're trying to do. They hand you the, the debt notes to go and buy that particular property. But again, they didn't do anything. They didn't, you didn't swap gold for that property. You swap debt for that property. And so if you think about it from that perspective, the bank now is asking you to repay a debt that they gave you along with an interest on top of that debt to be able to pay off the thing. So essentially what's happening is they're getting your labor for you to go cut more yards or do whatever it is that you have to do to make, make these more of these debt notes to be able to pay off this debt. They're making you do all of this and they never did a thing other than to just make up a magical wand and make up a money. You know, they went to the money tree that we all joke about not having. They actually have the money tree. And so they go to their, their money tree. They pull off this free money and they hand it to us like leaves off a tree. And then we go and trade these leaves to everybody and act like it's money. It is not money. It is debt. And you can read the top of it and it, that proves it. And so if we go back to Black's Law and we take a look at the, the different types of money or, or what the definition of money is, because, again, I wouldn't use Webster's Dictionary to look up something if it's something legal or something to do with the government. I would try to use Black's Law if possible, because that's going to give you the legal definition of what that word means. Now, if I look up money, the definition of money says, in usual and ordinary acceptation, it means coins and paper currency used as circulating medium of exchange and does not embrace notes, bonds, evidences of, de of debt or personal property or personal or real estate. Now, I want to read that again. It, it is Golden's and here's the other thing. This is a fifth edition of the Black's Dictionary. If you go to the eleventh dictionary, which is the most current version, which was came out in twenty or in two thousand nineteen, I think. If you go look at it, it actually has replaced coins with gold and silver. So it says gold, comma silver, and paper currency. Now again, paper currency is the original thing that we used to have. They, they, they want us to, to believe that this is the Federal Reserve note, but what it used to be is that representation of the gold that we actually had in the bank. But now it has been replaced with notes. And so this says money is not notes, which means that none of us actually have money, which means when which we'll get to here in a second, which means that when you get charged income tax, what exactly does that mean? 
what does income tax, what is income? So let's take a look at that really quick. So I'm going to jump up here to the definition of income and we're going to take a look. It says the return in money from one's business, labor, or capital invested. And it lists gains, profits, salary, wages, et cetera, as part of capital invested. There's a semicolon there. So those are related to capital invested. Now, I'm going to read that again. Income is the return in money from one's business or labor. Now, the return in money. Let's take a look at this because, again, we cannot trust any of these words. Let's go look up return. So we're going to jump down here to the word return. And the, the return is a word that has hundreds of different meanings depending on what it is that you're talking about. So if you scroll down a little bit, you're going to find a section that says profit on sales or income from investments. Okay. So return is profit on sales or income from investments. And it also tells you to see income, profit, and revenue. So we've got a circular reference here where return is pointing us back to income and income is pointing us to return, but we'll just ignore that for now. Now, a couple of the other things that they've given us here, though, is profit and revenue. It says see income, profit, and revenue. So let's take a look at revenue first. So we're going to jump down here to revenue. And revenue is defined as return or yield. So now we've got revenue pointing to the word return. And so it gets really, I don't know how these attorneys come up with all this stuff because they're terrible at actually defining things, but revenue is now a return or a yield. And it says as of land profit as that which returns or comes back from an investment. So it seems to be pretty much the same thing as return although it uses the word return in its definition. Um, but it, it, again, seems to be things that come back from an investment. So you put $1,000 in and we get some something that comes back due to that particular uh, series of events that we have participated in. So now let's take a look at profit. So we're going to jump up here to profit. And profit is defined as most commonly the gross proceeds of a business transaction less the cost of the transaction. So a profit is taking the total amount of money that came in and subtracting out the expenses and you're left over with what the profit is. All right. So now let's jump up and take a look at the word income again. So we look at the word income and it says the return in money from one's business labor. The return can be rewritten as the profit. So the profit in money, and money is not reserve notes, which means that income, they, they ask you, are you responsible for income? The reason that you have to pay income tax, quite simply, people, is because you say and your employer says that you make income. Let that sink in for a minute. That is the only reason you pay income taxes because you tell the IRS that you make income by filling out a W-4 or W-2. You tell them that you make income and your employer, you told your employer that you make income. And so they take the income out of your paycheck every week 
and you pay that or, or, or maybe get a refund back to, if you pay too much, but you have that employer send that money that you declared as income over to the federal government. And it's also worth noting for those of you that want to, you know, sit back on your laurels and say that, you know, oh, well, we've got to pay taxes or the government wouldn't function. The money that you pay into income taxes, 100% of the money that you pay into income taxes goes back to the Federal Reserve to pay the interest on the loans that the federal government is taking out. Let that sink in. None of the money that you, that you have stolen from your paycheck goes to running the government. The government is run by them going and taking out loans from the Federal Reserve essentially free money to the, the federal, the federal uh, company, and we pay the interest on that loan by them stealing our money out of, our, out of our, our reimbursements. And again, they can only do it because you told them that it was income. But I just proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that none of us have the ability to make any income whatsoever. Because if you had the ability to make income, then you would have to have a return in money. And the two problems that you have with, with income taxes is that they don't ask you what your expenses are as, a, as an individual. And the reason technically is you're not an individual to them, you're a corporation. But you're not allowed any expenses they take all the money, they look at all your gross income, all your gross, uh, well, gross income that's coming in, and they do not allow any expenses. Therefore, you're not getting the ability to ta be taxed on profit. You're getting taxed on your entire, everything that comes into your house. And that is unconstitutional and illegal. But, ladies and gentlemen, be careful, because the IRS and the federal government are not doing anything that's illegal. You said you make income.